Welcome to the Athlete and the Average Joe, an Eclipse Fuel podcast. I'm Georgia, performance dietitian and athlete. And I'm Ryan, primary school teacher and regular guy. We're here to make healthy and fulfilling living more attainable with handy hints that are realistic and sustainable. That even I can implement. We're all about good vibes here, so drop five stars, subscribe, and we hope you enjoy the show. episode four of the athlete and the average joe this is a very special episode because we got our first guest on hey bianca markovich welcome aboard hello thank you for having me yeah so uh ryan was very very busy this week and unfortunately this is also a late podcast because of that so i thought it would be a great opportunity just for me to chat individually with a bit of a fun guest um so (laughs) I don't like to do other people's introductions for them because I feel like it always gets butchered and I always have to fix people's anyway. So, Bianca, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, gosh. All right. Well, um, I'm 25. Um, I went through school with Georgia through high school and I'm currently studying naturopathy. I love my dog, Leo, to the ends of this world. He's cuddled up on a little couch in the corner. It's very cute. (laughs) Yeah, he's such a little sweetie. But yeah, I'm like worked out at a cafe down at Semaphore, like in my spare time, love hanging out in the garden, Um, just like trying to get around to any kind of community vibe, like little markets around different um, fruit and veg places that have nice vibes and yeah spend a lot of time reading and cooking and yeah eating. <laughs> and eating the most important part yes um so I guess what Ryan and I like to do and what seeing as you're the first guest we get to start this tradition because we did it with ourselves was a bunch of icebreaker questions cool, just have yeah. a bit of fun so I've got some written down specifically for you to get to know you better but Brilliant. the first one is if there was a zombie apocalypse <laughs> who would you want on your team if you had like three people you had to <laughs> pick who would you have on your side oh my gosh is this like out of the whole world the whole world yeah oh well I feel like I'm gonna need someone that's fairly I'm gonna go Arnie I'm gonna go Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. he's experienced this quite a few times he has I've seen him handle predator and he could do it um and then oh, I'm gonna have to take like the lead ma- what is it Rick from The Walking Dead because oh, he ha- again. also has experience yeah um he knows how to use a gun but then I don't know I'm gonna need like Oh, like a an experience. I would take Stephen Harrod Buna, who oh. is an experienced herbalist, who would be able to definitely know a lot more about medicinal plants than me. So yeah, would be able to survive. Yeah, there. and then if you get sick, he can make you well again. That's yeah, fantastic. That's it. That's a really good answer. And well Leo. thought out. Of course, yeah. Leo. Yeah. Dogs <laughs> don't count on that three. You can take as many as you want. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and on that note, if you ended up the world was ending, if you had to eat just one last meal, what would it be? Oh, octopus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like pickled kind of, or like normal? Nah, like a barbecue. Mm. Like, yeah, fresh out of the sea. Some tentacle. kind of, yeah, <laughs> like something, oh, maybe like a little bit of some herbs on it, some olive oil, like some lemon yeah. juice. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Um, and who was your childhood actor or actress crush? Brilliant. I'm ready to go. Um, Jesse McCartney. <laughs> uh, also, his older brother Nick something from uh, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, great! <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Both of them together. Great. Yeah. Um, and are you a coffee or a tea person? Coffee. Mm. Yeah, I love tea, but I love me some coffee. Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Ooh, you have travelled quite a bit. Yeah, I've had a little bit of travel. Still plenty more to go, but I reckon. Um, 
Oh, I would love, I haven't seen what Sicily looks like, mm. um, but I love Italy so deeply and I would love to go and, um, yeah. yeah, check out Sicily. I that reckon. is on my list as well. Yeah. So I think that's probably enough icebreaker questions. You're yeah. very good answers, by yeah. the way. Um, when Ryan and I were asking them, there was just some really funny ones and yeah. we were like stumpy ones. We had to cut out a lot of bums. Yeah. You didn't get to see podcasts. Yes. <laughs> what we're going to... I guess chat with Bianca to start with um, just to get to know her a bit more so like I said we went to school together so yeah. what what were you like in school what did you enjoy what were your favorite sort of subjects mainly high school because no yeah. one cares what you did in primary, primary school, school. <laughs> I know I know that's a shame yeah. um uh, yeah high school well definitely English yeah um yeah English I was definitely more uh wordy than I was number side of things classical studies mm. uh changed my world uh for a little bit definitely started off an obsession mm. with anything related to greek mythology um and ancient mythology for that matter mm. but um yeah and then volleyball yeah. uh we went to a volleyball school and played volleyball together so uh, bank is much taller than i am. yeah <laughs> <laughs> very tall friends i'm, I'm so small <laughs> but we together we make a team yeah yeah so you, um, you do need short people in your life well, that's <laughs> you need a liberal and we need someone back back court that could hear yeah. um but yeah, so uh, so more more way more sporty in mm. in high school, I reckon. Um, yeah, my hobbies like now tend to be a lot more slower moving, like mm. yoga and stuff. Yeah. But in high school, I very much enjoyed a fast pace, yeah. and yeah, yeah. So I'd say volleyball and English and classical. Those were sort of your favourites. Yeah. And how I guess has life like what's the path been like since you finished yeah. school to being twenty five? Because like you know we're meant to be adults now. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what's apparently. that been like for you? Apparently. Oh, um, madness, madness. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like finishing high school, a lot of friends had goals to go to uni straight away. I wasn't as inclined. Like I definitely wanted to study and further my education, but just couldn't tell you what I was, you know, Mm. passionate about. So, um, yeah, ended up finding or working out. I wanted to go and do a gap year, Mm -hmm. um, and travel. So traveled for like five and a half, nearly six months of that year, Um, and that kind of really opened my world to different possibilities, um, that I saw for myself. So Mm. yeah, instead of hopping into study, I kind of Mm. wanted to open up a cafe that had the vintage clothing store inside of it. Um, and slowly worked my way towards that, um, just by like checking out what free courses the government had. Um, cause at the time, um, not now because they're stripping a lot of these things, but, um, they did these like. Uh, skills for all courses yeah. so you could do a cert two in fashion design yeah. for free yeah awesome. um so did that learnt a lot about worked many many random jobs like traffic control worked at the casino yeah. worked a you know waitress know. <laughs> yeah yeah so many crazy jobs yeah. and um yeah in the meanwhile I was just like playing honing in my craft of, of like yeah. sewing and heading out to markets and yeah just yeah absolutely uh, soaked up the vibes at markets mm. like you wouldn't believe and found it as just such a source of happiness mm-hmm. um so really continued on that thread still didn't really see uni yeah. on the cards for me at all um I had prior to the gap year like enrolled in a marketing degree and then yeah didn't Never, do yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine you doing that either not at all <laughs> no no and um yeah so then once um once I'd done Free the Gypsy, I'd, I'd started a little business, yeah. um, realised that I could 
yeah, like take it a bit more full time and like drop off some other jobs. So I like, did that for quite some time, which was really lovely, just like making and selling clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably through my clothes making, like opened up the door to the realm of sustainability that I now find myself mm. in and um, really enjoyed you know, trying to utilise materials that were already existing rather than mm. new ones um, and then kind of implemented that into lots of areas of my life and that's where I kind of naturally led to the progression of, um, yeah, naturopathy, I guess. I lived next door to my nonna for a number of years, so saw the cocktail of medications she was prescribed mm. um, and saw how they weren't beneficial uh, to her but also because there wasn't, like, you know, a lot of education and understanding for her yeah. with English as a second language as well and we visited a lot of her friends and saw them in the same boats so yeah. and I was like oh, okay well yeah, alternative. yeah that's it and then saw how life was like in Italy saw that there were natural alternatives yeah. and yeah so kind of then opened the door to a uni degree that I probably didn't get a high enough ATAR for yeah um so was really struggling through some of those like uh yeah nutritional bio yeah chemistry they're and, so you know, difficult oh god <laughs> yes they are especially people like neither Bianca and I did any sort of science probably after like year 10 yeah, so yeah. completely understand the struggle oh, with having to do it at uni and not knowing courses. anything yeah 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 oh it's <laughs> tough and then Google was your best friend yeah, and then yeah. textbooks and, and YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> oh my goodness YouTube Khan Academy thank you yes yeah. yes oh my gosh yes yeah. So good. That's a really, I guess, like winding journey. And we see so many of our friends go through that and feel like, I guess, lost in that. Mm. Um, Was there ever a point where you sort of felt like you didn't know what you wanted to do and felt a bit lost in that sense? Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Especially talking to friends who were like, you know, I'm halfway through my degree or like, you know, yep, like I'm doing this thing. And, um, you know, you just feel that kind of family pressure or like Mm. there was always that like, joke of especially because I'd started that marketing degree and literally like you know under a month and um then yeah dropped out of it there was kind of not a joke that was intended in such a way but comments that maybe mum would make here and there just being like oh well you know like it's not like you'd stick at it kind of thing yeah it's just little digs like that yeah that kind of make you go oh like I guess I do hop around to different jobs and I do change what I like and I'm, you know, a bit of a whirlwind. Where is my stability? And Mm. so, but then, yeah, you kind of find, um, I don't know, I really, I really enjoy that instability now. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I guess, your vibe or what what you bring across that bit of freedom. And I think Mm, from someone who is very much stable Mm -hmm. and I went from, school to uni to a job mm-hmm. like you get envious of the people that just were traveling or doing fun so like no matter which situation you're in you're always going to be you're envious. Gonna always, yeah, yeah. envious of what the other person's doing so it's a really yep. good example of like you know very similar to ryan took a different path yep. but ended up in the same place so you yep. ended up doing something you love but yep. you just went about it in a windy way yes yep. um on the note of like being an entrepreneur and running your own business, which is, was really successful, I might add. Oh, like people people loved it. Me. Everyone Thank wanted you your clothes. That is so um, sweet. You know, what were some of the challenges you faced being like mm. a young entrepreneur? Oh, I think as a small business and a one-woman show, mm. any I have so much respect for anybody who musters up their motivation on a you know an individual basis yeah. to be able to make things hustle the marketing of Mm. it, hustle packing the car and getting it to markets. You know, um, I, yeah, found probably the biggest challenge was like staying on top of that motivation and, you know, social media wasn't as prevalent as it is now, but definitely that's how I started my business through Instagram. 
And, you know, if you had your bad days and you're scrolling through other people who are doing similar things, mm. it's that same kind of mentality of yeah. like, oh, I'm crap, like, you yeah. know, I'm not doing yeah. enough. Um, so probably I think that was um, the biggest tough one. Yeah. But then once you, especially when you're working from home, yes. I find, yeah. you know, you don't have that the physical interaction space. as well. That's it. Yeah, you go nuts. I was dancing and singing for Leo. <laughs> um, you know, just breaking it up in the garden, found a lot of solace there. Yeah. But yeah, it was um, definitely gave me a lot of insight to like when I, you know, launch a, a, a business that I've like maybe got funds to yeah, support to a easier. lot more um, that, yeah, I'd want to be in an environment where I've got people around me yeah. or I'm physically removed from the house yeah. so that it's that complete mental shift of like, okay, mm-hmm. this is home me, yeah. now I'm work me yeah. and now I'm going to step it up. Definitely. And I, I picked up as well even spending a bit more time at home with my own business it's so hard Mm -hmm. to not let work drag in or not let home drag into work so definitely understand that and did you have any like major achievements or anything that you sort of ticked off for free the gypsy that you want to share yeah yeah I think um probably once I'd started on going to markets like going to a music festival was always like a big goal of mine with free the gypsy and selling her there so I was really, really, really stoked um, the day that I got to, yeah, take my clothes to Blenheim. Um, yeah, camping music so festival. Cool. Yeah, yeah, the Clare Valley. And the fact that it was, yeah, like a little local operation as well mm. was, yeah, very, very heartwarming. Um, so that was probably my biggest, um, I don't know, physical achievement that I felt like I had to work my mm. way up towards to get to. Um, and then aside from that, the just the really small, you know, people like wearing my outfits at their 21sts or Coachella and you know different so Shambhala cool. <laughs> like yeah Shambhala like all the all these music festivals like around the world around places and it was just like very very tingling and heartwarming mm. to know something you've made has made someone smile yeah. and it was often a fairly colorful and wacky yeah. piece too so other people have noticed it and yeah. it's just like this nice sharing of smiles <laughs> yeah definitely um and do you have any regrets like about anything about running your business lots of people have things that go wrong because yeah. they want to do differently and mm. you'd like to share and maybe provide wisdom to do differently for mm. someone else I think uh like everything's part of the journey so mm. I'm, I'm happy I don't regret anything in that sense though I do wish I had a better system in place for organization yeah especially in my sewing room I think the amount of times that I would go out and have to go to an op shop and like try and find some threads because I was like I have no thread and then I would tidy up my room and find many threads so <laughs> if I was to um, we've all been there <laughs> yeah that's it but if I was to do it again um and I definitely don't want sewing to you know fall by the wayside too much but I would maintain a lot more structure yeah. and organization uh yeah yeah in my practice I Excellent. Reckon. that's a very good tip very important. Mm. Um, and then how have you transitioned from that sort of free the gypsy clothing mm. space now to being, you know, a fledging naturopath, yeah. sort of student in that sense? So what, what's that process been like? Oh, pretty, pretty big. Um, I think free the gypsy was just such a big part of me for a long time and like was my, like my personality was so mm. deeply tied to it. So the day that I kind of like, let her go and and dissolved her was a really really big tough decision um but it was kind of the the point where I really felt like I was like no yeah like naturopathy that's where all my my Mm. energy is at right now that's where my passion is lying I really want to delve into this so the moment I made the decision to actually yeah um convert the free the gypsy account into more of a 
yeah, naturopathic one mm. um, was was a really yeah really big step but a lot of the same practices um you know it's all it's all a process Mm. it's all a matter of like you know building something up you can't like skip too many steps ahead so I see a lot of crossovers with um the way that you make you know a tincture or maybe like a herbal oil you can't rush the process um so in terms of the creating side I find it very easy to adopt those principles um to cross over but yeah, it's still still a form of creation and, mm. and a lot of colour involved in that's it. Good. So that side of it, um, yeah, was very much softened. Yeah, it's yeah. good to hear still enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and I guess with your the background, people might not know a lot about naturopaths and what they mm. do. Or maybe they, they only know them in the sense of maybe nutrition education because that's yeah. probably the prominent thing yeah. when I think of a naturopath. Of course. Um, what are some other ways or like what kind of areas do you want to work in? Because I mm. feel like you're in a very like different space. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, God, we live in such an anxious world. Yeah. Where we're in such anxious times and, um, you know, the way that we our lives are structured in, in this Western world is so far removed from nature. So I think a lot of, um, you know, what my practice specifically would revolve around would like, I would have to have a garden space on the Mm -hmm. site that I'm, uh, yeah, practicing and would want to physically sit with people in nature and Mm. just, you know, breathing, breathing is so important. Things like hydrotherapy. So Mm -hmm. like the use of, um, water to cleanse, but also to just like, you know, soak your soak your feet in a herbal bath um so like literally brewing tea and then um pouring that into like a bucket and soaking your feet can actually be a really good way to distribute um you know herb across your body um and even with baths as well I think there's something I'm I'm really quite drawn to nature and water so Mm. I think uh, my practices would involve a lot more of like connection back to nature and healing the mental state through that um, and then in combination with, yeah, just, um, uh, reactivating the body with different forms of hydrotherapy. So that could be even as simple as heat exposure in the shower, you yeah. know, blasting or sorry, cold exposure rather, yeah. um, blasting the top of your belly, like where your stomach would be for a minute in yeah. the shower will really, uh, just stimulate your digestion. digestion. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, but yeah, as, as a whole, I think naturopathy, it's, it's kind of based around, um, yeah, introducing more of a natural lifestyle and removing your obstacles to cure, removing the things that you're putting in that are bad and putting in more of the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and food, yeah, is a huge aspect of that because mm. that's so preventative. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the there's a lot more that can be done even in terms of breathing and exposing yeah. yourself to nature, exposing yourself to a bit of sunlight in a safe way. And yeah, I wonder if you can actually hear Leo is snoring Sorry. in the background. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> so if you can hear like an engine, that's him just snoring. Just away. snoring. Very yeah. jealous. <laughs> I know. Me too. Um, in that sort of same breath, I know that there is a lot of confusion, even about where um, natural medicines. So for people that don't know, natural medicines are called CAM, so complementary, yeah, complementary. and alternative yep. medicines. So yes. The idea is that they complement Western medicine. That's what we would all like Absolutely. to align. Yeah. Um, so for people, we see often sitting in two different boats. They either yes. agree or they disagree. It's very mm-hmm. – there's no, like, grey area for no a lot of people. Ground, yeah. Like, what kind of things would you suggest to try and create that middle ground? Like, where, how do you think it can align yeah. with Western medicine? Oh, I think um, 
I think that there probably needs to be from like the practitioner, from the doctor to the natural practitioner, the the communication between them needs to almost be um, like I had a fabulous lecturer that kind of explained that a lot of the time that relationship between those two professions is so disjointed because yeah you're right like people sit in either mm-hmm. side, um, but from from a naturopath's perspective, if I had to suggest that maybe someone's medication might be interfering with mm. something, then there's no way that I could make that call. I would need to like speak yeah. to that doctor, but to speak in a respectful way and to not say, you know, this pharmaceutical's crap and it's inter- yeah. interfering with this, to really respect that that person's actually got like a really deep knowledge set yeah. that's completely different to my own. Yeah. And respecting it for what it is, because we often say, yeah, it's one way or the other, but you know, if someone has to have their leg amputated, mm. no herbs in the world. We have to do <laughs> yeah. that, you know, for acute uh, issues. We yeah. really do need Western medicine there. And there are a lot of things that we do need to manage with yeah. um, medications. Definitely. Um, however, there's, yeah, a large uh, portion of preventative stuff mm-hmm. that we could do um, that, you know, shouldn't shouldn't require the use of any kind yeah, of uh, medication. Mm. So it, it is a tough one because the media kind of portrays it oh, as one course, side or the yeah. other. Um, but, yeah, to recognise, you know, you, you, sometimes we only need to even look at our grandparents and they'll they'll go for... All those, uh, like, wives' tales. That's it. <laughs> that's that's exactly like right. Remedies. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, any infection, I would suggest going straight to a yeah. doctor. You know, there are definitely herbs that can treat UTIs, no worries. Would I you know, sit there and tell someone who's got a UTI that could spread into their kidneys mm. um, to go and just treat it with herbs? No, like you've got yeah. to cover bases. So, yeah, yeah there, there needs to be, um, I don't know, a lightness and a respect for the yeah. fact that doctors know a hell of a lot about drugs and the way they interact with the body mm. and a lot know about, you know, uh, some biochemical pathways yeah. and different nutrients and food. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot is, more they can learn. Yeah. And I think that we see that a lot, the inequality between health professionals in general and mm-hmm. doctors, that's just a whole other kettle of fish. But mm. it is quite a hard thing to advocate for your patients, mm-hmm. even in, um, I guess, more traditional health professional roles like yep. dietetics or physio or, you know, it's really hard to actually speak up to a doctor because they feel like... I've got this extra knowledge set to you. And yep. they're quite intimidating. Like, they're just intimidating people. Yes. So yep. mm-hmm. it's... It's a relationship that everybody needs to work on. I think if people acknowledge that it can go both ways, it mm-hmm. can complement one, one another. Yeah. And, and acutely, like you said, if we're treating illnesses when they occur, but our healthcare system is very focused on the you know acute approach Absolutely. rather than preventing them getting to the hospital in the first place. Yeah, that's it. But yes, that's a really great answer. And I think that kind of sums up where ideally we want it to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you're really passionate about like sustainability in particular, obviously mm. with your clothing brand, reusing other um, like objects and fabrics mm-hmm. again. What are some ways that people can be more sustainable? Like just some really yeah. easy things. I know I've been trying to be it lately, but it's it can be challenging. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's such a challenging thing. Um, yeah, there's there's a number a number of things. I think probably like stepping into the garden and you know having a crack at growing your own veggies is a really awesome one because that kind of awakens this little passion inside of you. Um, but if that's you know sometimes people don't have garden spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, simple things like when you're cutting up your veggies if you've got the ends of pumpkins or you know onions whatever it is you can either save it in a little container 
put it in the freezer, use that as your stock. Mm -hmm. I like make up a stock with that. Or if you've got a compost bin, um, you know, really, really, or worm farm, Mm -hmm. that's a really good way to get some more nutrients um, back into the garden. Um, But sometimes, you know, we've all got our green bins and I know, you know, many, many people that don't even utilize them for their compost. Even though they're free from the council. (laughs) That's it. That's (laughs) it. And it's, and it's so hard, you know, sometimes it's very easy to look on and go like, those people are bad, but it it is all where we're educated from and Mm -hmm. like, you know, our practices from our parents and how everything's been passed down. Um, but yeah, you know, just using that green bin is a really good way. Um, yeah. Just to getting do some started. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and like not wasting as well. Like I feel people yeah. are really wasteful with buying too much. So yeah. that comes back into like planning ahead with your meals yeah. and then you can use the whole vegetable for yeah. most things. You can use oh, it. Oh, big time. And the animal. Oh my goodness. Too. Like the day that I realized, you know, you can cut up a pumpkin not clean the seeds or the, yeah. like the center out of yeah. it and roast it. And then you just get like the crunch of the yeah. seeds was pretty cool and then yeah i'm really excited about eating weeds at the moment oh, cool. yeah dandelion is amazing for yeah. your liver um and yeah. yeah they have dandelion tea yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it's it's a really just wash it first. yeah just wash it first <laughs> and that's it you know never ever pick any weeds from a place that you don't know whether they've sprayed pesticides yeah. or not um and never eat a weed unless you can identify it and you're yeah, like i'm um, certainly important. sure about it one fun thing to do if you're inclined to if you've got indoor plants and you mm. want to save a bit on water is um bring a bucket into the shower with you yeah i love that you one know, yeah mm. it's like a little bit annoying to step around but you know at the end of it some of those waters are going back into plants yeah. um or going back into the garden yeah. and it's a way to kind of time your shower too you've only got a buckets full of water, water to use. yeah that's I feel it like it's a great way to keep you accountable instead of just thinking about nothing and spending like 10 seconds actually washing yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's Mm. exactly right, yeah. At uni, I have a rule that if I don't bring my keep cup, then I don't get a coffee. And I was really sad this one day because I didn't bring my keep cup, but I really wanted a coffee. So I just brought a mug from the kitchen down to a cafe and asked them to fill it up for me, and they did. And I think, um, you know, being someone who really avidly loves coffee... Mm. um, Leo's just sneezing. Excuse me. It's okay. Come this way, honey. Um... This way. Oh my goodness. That's right. Um, yeah, because I love coffee. <laughs> I love coffee so much. I, um, yeah, want to not have, you know, five takeaway cups in mm. a week that I'm yeah. using. Um, so, yeah, just opt to even, you know, even jars people put yeah. a coffee in um, for you. So you look, you might look a little bit weird, but that's quite fine because you are I've definitely saving. seen people do random stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as it, like I work at a cafe and I greatly appreciate when people do that. Mm. I think, yeah, um, it's quite... Uh, quite nice to see people making the yeah, effort because yeah they're not recyclable yeah <laughs> you so, cannot yeah. recycle it it mm. is lined with plastic i even in fact a few years ago had um takeaway cups that i would collect from the cafe and i poked hole in them and i painted the outside of them and then i planted plants inside yeah. of them and that's like what like three or four years on and they are still intact holding yeah. plants you know yeah, they, which is a bit scary yeah it? that's it the breakdown on them is um yeah going to take yeah yeah very very slow um and i think on that same sort of note in terms of getting back to nature and Mm -hmm. being a bit more natural what are some tips you have for people that do want to include some more maybe natural approaches or natural medicine in their life like where can they start oh well i think uh as women we often use a lot of face products or like um you know makeups and yeah, we're such an over-estrogenized society mm. um, and a lot of those chemicals 
um, like your parabens and, um, you know, things that get like a fairly bad rap that we know to avoid if we can. They mimic estrogens and Mm. they mimic hormones in the body. So one thing that I love to do now is just use witch hazel as a toner. Um, so witch hazel you can get from the chemist and like I literally use that and my herbal olive oil that mm-hmm. that is my like toner and moisturizer and that's the only skincare that I'll use yeah. but particularly for makeup removal or if you've got a pimple that you want to just dry out witch hazel um, I'm to start that yeah it's I've, I'll show you the bottle over there um, it's it's good it's cheap and it's just like a plant extracted mm. and held within alcohol um, which is no more, yeah, that it's, you know, not as harmful as some of the other alcohols yeah, that we definitely. have in our products. Um, so yeah, witch hazel toner, really good one. Um, peppermint tea, if you have an upset stomach, mm. you know, the reason why we had after dinner mints is because mint soothes, like it really yeah. does ease digestion, um, stops it from nodding up. So if anyone's having, yeah, a tough time, uh, digesting after a meal, um, or just feel a bit crampy, mm. chamomile or peppermint tea yeah. um, is your go-to. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I think there's some really easy things that people can implement like mm. right away. Um, and to finish off, because, I mean, we've obviously been known each other for a long time now, yeah. seen you flourish into a beautiful oh, young woman, so oh, strong and empowering. Oh, if you had to give some advice to your younger self, because we've all gone through some shit times and some lost times and yes. some like crazy party times, yes. what, what would your advice be to say like, Maybe even like 18-year-old Bianca who was, yeah. didn't know what she wanted to do. Oh, golly gosh. Um, oh, I would I would say do not have a sugar-free Red Bull for lunch. That is <laughs> a very bad idea, 18-year-old Bianca. Um, definitely no uh, energy drinks. Um, I wasn't overly reliant on them, but it was my like little cheeky treat. Yeah. And, God, they're so bad for you. <laughs> um, so, I still see kids now go to like the petrol stations and sneak i know near our school they ban like you couldn't buy one if you're in uniform i think that's a good a good yeah, approach but that is a good approach mm. well i you know one of the high schools i went to um had those like lol energy drinks oh, for no. kids so oh. yeah pretty shocking so no energy drinks kids that's yeah. the number one tip we've, mm-hmm. we've got for 18 year olds mm. we are just going to finish up by asking you what's getting you through the week so what's your weekly advice Ooh, um, well, at the moment, I am absolutely loving a book that is uh, getting me excited to mm-hmm. hop in bed at night. Um, yeah, it's called What a Plant Knows, a Field Guide to the Senses. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's What's just, it about? So it's just about, um, yeah, the sensory experiences of plants and, like, what they can smell and mm. see and taste. And, That's very interesting. Yeah, plants can actually pick up... Um, quite a decent well they can register when there's light in front of them and when something's blocking the light so Mm. if you were to stand over your plants they're going to notice that there's a figure there and they're going to also smell you they Mm. have a very good uh, sense of smell that's so cool yeah (laughs) i never really thought of that yeah it's quite funny actually through this book i worked out you know how when women when they're on their periods tend to sync up yeah Um, apparently it's meant to be like a a scent activated like a chemical scent that we uh give off and then other women around us will kind of yeah smell that and their body will start doing the same thing because plants communicate in that way so i heard a really interesting um I guess, fact the other day about like how when we're on the pill, so oral contraception, our like pheromones change and how we Mm. respond to other male pheromones change as well. So there are people that come off the pill and are absolutely like 
just not attracted to their partners um, no, anymore. No. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't scare anyone, but yeah. um, that's a fun fact too. Like our like ability to smell and also the hormones we Big release time. can impact that as well. So that's all within the natural space. If you want to look into that, I can't give you a research article for it, but yeah, and heard it somewhere. Look it up, kids. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. it up on Google. That's always reliable. Yes, um, <laughs> but yes. On that very funny note. Uh, I'll do my weekly vice. So I made pumpkin soup for like the first time this year. (laughs) It's February here and and, um, it's been really cold. It's been like 20 degrees, but I just felt like something nice and warm. And so I made it at the start of the week and I've had it for lunch every day. And it's been very convenient and great when I've been very busy. So that's gotten me through the week. That's such a good one. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Uh, so that's everything from myself and Bianca. Hopefully Ryan will be back next time to chat to you guys. Hope you didn't miss his soothing, deep voice. I know some people said they really enjoyed that. Um, so but thank you so much for coming on board and sharing us a different side of health and, and talking a bit more about that natural medicine and sustainability because I think that's really important. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's lovely you. as always chatting. Oh, <laughs> it's so nice. Um, so again, thanks everyone for listening. If you can subscribe, that always supports getting our podcast out there and helping people to know what we're about. You can drop five stars as well. You know, if you enjoyed it, if you didn't like it, just don't leave a review, please. <laughs> yeah. um, and... Keep your eyes out and your ears open for our next podcast. Thanks and talk to you next time.